I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 98 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. We have two awesome guests today, and I'm just going to introduce them right now. They actually know each other in real life, and I want to hear about that first. It's Bridie Elliott and Baron Vaughn. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Oh, hello. How do you guys know each other? We just met in New York. We years, dated. Years ago. Dated. Yes, Seriously? yes. We dated for seven years. I would, I, it's more like seven minutes. It was just kind of, we saw each other from across the room, and that was it. Yeah. And I'm Never talked. to play matchmaker again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that you guys knew each other, so it's cool. I've yeah. been trying to mash up guests as much as possible. It depends on what you think knowing each I other know, is. Like, we've seen each other. Yes. And seen like, each other. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying that in L.A., that's like a serious 10-year relationship. Oh, totally. Being yeah. in one room with somebody? Yeah. yeah. You never forget it. Yeah. And you bring it up a lot. Best friends. I bring him up a lot. In convo? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm what's like, the scenario? I'm like, what about Baron Vaughn? Yeah, he owes me $5. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, yeah, he and you, like, were, like, together for a while. And I'm like, I know. And he doesn't acknowledge. I wonder what, what conversation could you possibly be having where you're like, what about Baron Vaughn? <laughs> what about Baron Unless the question is just like, who owes you five dollars? Like what about Christmas, Baron Vaughn? Christmases and like Thanksgivings that happen. Okay, it makes sense. You guys loved each other's families. Yes, <sighs> nah, his family is the, the best. Part. I know. I got more like attached to his mom than 
I feel like a lot of people. Glad you picked the family member that's alive. It would have been. <laughs> you're going I know to see I had your a family in Vegas of... today, right? Yes, I am. That's fucking tight that you're from Vegas and can just drive back to see your family. Uh, I don't know if it's tight. It is. It might be toit. Um, Vegas <laughs> is weird. It's it just is. a strange place. But yeah, I can go. I can go there. Did you like go to the strip for like fun when you were a teen? Kinda. I mean, the strip is is madness. You know, I mean, there it's filled with people who are coming there to basically be everything they've never been allowed to be. Right. Like it's just id. You know, gorilla id on display. Yeah. And so you kind of stay away from that because you don't want to get stabbed. I saw like an Eminem's leather jacket when I was in Las Vegas, and I was so upset that someone would spend leather like money on leather. Oh, you mean branded. the candy Eminem? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that totally confused me. M&M's. I was like. Oh, M&M's I was like, that's a cool, jacket. like a Marshall Mathers leather jacket. I wish. Oh my God, I'm yeah. obsessed with Marshall Mathers right now. I don't know why. I just am like dipping back into his art. Oh, yeah. And he's such a sensitive boy. But how do you so feel about good. Slim Shady? Um, You know, a little bit of a different feeling. Yeah, I'm very more different. connected to Marshall. I was very, I was very disturbed the first time I saw the My Name Is video. I remember it like it was yesterday. I loved it. You I loved obsessed. it? I remember staying, I was, I didn't stay home from school to see it, but I, I was staying home from school and I watched it and I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, like I would have never seen this if I had gone to school. It disturbed but me. It was I was like so forever. afraid of him. I guess I was just. Did like, you see the making of? No. There's no, a no, making no. of. I need that to like gives the that. human aspect. To it. <laughs> right. You kind of see the Marshall and yeah, the yeah. shady of it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am from the East Coast and grew up really conservative. You're from the East Coast too, right? Mm-hmm. I I just was I was so scandalized by Marshall Mathers. I grew up such like a Catholic good girl. So did I. Yeah. And when you, did you? When did it all change for you? <sighs> Well, I went to Catholic high, uh, middle school, mm-hmm. and my like first boyfriend was in that middle school, and he was obsessed with Eminem, and so like <laughs> that's when I like got hardcore into Eminem. I never got hardcore into Eminem, <laughs> but like that's what I just remember him calling my house like the morning before like fifth grade, and was like, "Can you put Brighty on?" And my mom was like. Brighty Ryan's on the phone for you. And he was like, can you bring your sister's Eminem CD to school today? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like Eminem has like a lot to do with that. That's a relationship in, in middle school, isn't it? I know, it, it is. No, it's a horrible story. <laughs> he, he is a, well, he is, he is a heroin addict. Okay. And he's in jail. Oh. And he got caught with child porn. The Whoa. one that got away is the what one you're that saying. got away. Oh my god, that is terrible. I know. Isn't that why insane? is everyone getting caught with child porn now? Like, has everyone always had child porn, or are they just figuring it out faster now? I know. We didn't like. No one knows that it's in our in your possession all the time. I know, right? It's on my phone all the time. <laughs> I don't even know how. No, that's the photography of that. I can't think of that woman. The woman who takes the pictures of the babies where they're all flowers and stuff. Oh, Ann Gettys. Ann Gettys. That's yeah. the photography of Ann Gettys, not oh, yeah, child yeah. porn. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Those calendars are so disturbing. Did you guys bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice? Yeah. I did. What are they? You can bear and you can go first. Bridie seems unprepared. Me? <laughs> well, um, I uh, was raised by two women, my mom and my grandmother. And um, uh, didn't have a father, which is hilarious, Mm -hmm. uh, which means I got to make up what I believe a man is. So that's one reason. Okay. Um, Another reason um, I was embezzled from 
couple years ago, I'm talking about $70,000. No, like Holy a business shit. manager? Yes. Fuck no. And um, uh, press charges. <laughs> Statute of limitations is not up. Uh, luckily, he used his real name uh, and he has a record in Texas where he's from. So no. That was a learning lesson to say the least. Oh you, you don't get it back, right? In no, I mean, scenario. it's not like he took it and put it in a mattress and he's just waiting. Right. Just kind of like, oh, you got like- me. An insurance or something. Like, isn't that what the FDIC is? Um, no, that's when the whole bank falls yeah, apart. Yeah, that's right? for when the when the bank itself kind of goes kaput. But Look at my financial knowledge. Yeah. Like, are we dying that I know what the FDIC is? I'm no, actually great. surprised. I'm like shocked. Yeah. Okay, anyway, keep going. So this horrible thing happened to you. Yeah, and like um, it just kind of taught me... Well, I had a lot of issues with money and issues with having stress about money and stuff like that. And by the way, can I just say to you, sorry to interrupt. No, I'm ahead. a single mom. Like I had a single mom too, really close relationship with my grandmother. Like I realized in my late twenties that like all men don't just have the same personalities as gay men. And so I like I I never realized this. And I wrote something about it on my blog and someone about like dealing with money and being mm-hmm. bad with money and having a phobia of it. Mm-hmm. And someone wrote in the comments like, let me guess, you had a single mom. And and I was like, well, first of all, cutting. Yes, I did. But like two, what is it about us that we don't know how to deal with money? It is a continuous systematic abuse, if you will, Uh because we are a country that doesn't necessarily support women. So if you have a child outside of a marriage, basically the system is going, good luck, whore. Yeah. And there's no support. Thus, you're sitting there by yourself trying to figure out all these bills that you never figured out. And I just saw my mom in a constant stress and panic. And that's all I ever knew is like, if someone calls you asking for money, you don't answer. Mm. And then so I just internalized that stuff and just had the exact same thing. So oh that's God. what I have learned shit. is Thank what you. is how wrapped around money um, I was or just kind of what these issues that were wrapped around it are. Because yeah. basically you're I'm watching or you are watching your mom um, conflate self-worth and net worth. Yes. So oh that way God. you kind of just kind of internalize that stuff and you go, ah, there's no way to ever solve this. I'll never have enough. And it's just that stress cycle over and over. I was asked to be on a podcast about money recently and it hasn't come out yet, but I was like, when they asked me to do it, I was first of all, like hyper paranoid. Like yeah. I was like, who knows I'm bad with money? Why are they having me on? They're going to make fun of me. Like they're going to totally like, you know, put me on blast for all of my shit. And then I got there and the girl was like, oh, no, I just wanted you on because whatever. And then um, I wound up like crying like three times during this podcast about money. And I yep. just had no idea. I mean, I did know I worked on two broke girls partially because I was the broke girl in the room. I had like 32 bucks when they found me. But like I had <laughs> no idea that I had so much emotion wrapped up in money. And did you have people basically any advice that you ever got was people saying, uh, well, you ever tried not being an idiot? Like, it's just that. Yeah. Kind no one. Of. It just get you just constantly get shamed about it. Kind well, of. don't be stupid. Anyway, as I was saying, I had people like nudge me towards the idea of a business manager for years. And it took me three years of being on a show before I was like, oh, I guess I should be saving this money. Well, and what I did was I was so stressed out about money and thinking about it that I trusted a person who was not trustworthy. Right. So I just basically went, yeah, whatever you say. And I just took his, I took his word at face value because I'm like, yeah, banks can't be understood. I don't know either. Charges. How'd you find sure. him? 
Um, he was recommended by a person who was also bamboozled. Okay. And was it a friend? Yeah. Well, a business associate. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, cause I went with Morgan Murphy's person cause I know her and I'm like, Morgan's been working for a long time and she seems to have her shit together, but I completely worry about that. That's what you're too. supposed to do is you're supposed to get a good reference. I didn't really get a good reference. Right. I had no, um, concept of how to vet or how to think about these things. Now I'm on the other side of it and yeah. I will never forget. Yeah. I, when I lost, I lost all my money like just being an idiot. And then I sold my company. So I had a burst of money again and I immediately bought this house because I was mm. like, then I'll just not fuck that up. Like, well, I won't fuck that up. I have to push back to you on this identity. Right. Because you're, you've said, you've claimed the title bad with money multiple mm. times in this little conversation. So if I'm you writing believe- my history with <laughs> those words. Yeah. You guys, I'm bad with money too though. Shut up, Brady. <laughs> I don't Listen. have... I don't, I grew up with two parents, but they like, <laughs> they completely, what my parents did was my mom is very frugal, like very frugal. And she was never wealthy. Like my dad is definitely the breadwinner, but he grew up wealthy too, but um, weirdly wealthy in the sense where they had a fabulous house, but they didn't have enough food. Okay. Like they never had enough like random shit. And then like my Papa, like my dad's dad definitely wasn't the best with money. Um, So my dad really was like anal about saving money and like being good with money, but to the point where he never, he didn't want us to worry about it ever. Yeah. So we have no, um, my sister and I are like, we have no knowledge of how to actually save your money and right. Because we were like taught not to worry about it. Well, it's still, or ask questions about it. It still comes from, in my opinion, your father's fear state about money. Yeah, yeah. So his reaction of his fear about money was different with your family than our families. Are you taking new clients? Like, are you available to be my therapist? Like, <laughs> you've cut yeah. into a lot of really deep shit. I know. Oh, it's do all you want to do double sessions with me? Okay, so sorry, oh. your third reason why you're qualified to give advice. Oh, um, yeah. I've been around the world and I, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I can't find my baby. No, I've, um, I, yeah, I've been to, a, I'm well-traveled. That's good. I've been to every state except two. Which two? Idaho and Alaska. Okay. And um, I have performed in multiple countries and, you know, I know, I know, I think when you know people from different countries and have, you know, like, uh, you just know people from different cultures and you're not so married to what you have been taught to believe. You're worldly AF. Yeah. I love that. That's right. I'm I'm WAF. So smart. I'm WAF. What are your, what are your, uh, they're so smart. Like, I thought this was like kind of a joke, you know? It is, it is but a now, joke. But now like none of mine are funny because like. They're all a joke. It's you all just joke. like. My first one was at every job. I, no, my first one was that I got a UTI from a guy I met on Tinder. Like Ooh. that was my first reason ever that I was qualified to give advice. Yeah. So we can start at that level okay. and move from, move from there. Mm-hmm. And I wrote them down, which is sadder. No, know? I like that. Okay, my mom gave birth to me doggy style. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that she was on her hands and knees while the best coming way. out of her. And so that's one reason. I just like, I thought we were going to list them and move on completely. That's amazing. But I, w- I was born at a maternity ward in <laughs> New York. Christina's dying. <laughs> I know, it's a funny image. <laughs> but that's the best that's way. That's the most natural way to do like, it. But I just like, I don't know, like downward dog, doggy style. It's like, I mean, I could have said downward dog, I guess, but that's no. not accurate because she was on her hands and knees. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. But I was born in a maternity <laughs> ward in New York. 
that was just midwives mm-hmm. and they gave my mother wine. Like it was like a nice. completely relaxed and like they were like, if you, we need a doctor, like we can just call <laughs> one. Like it was so stupid. Like <laughs> we'll just call one. Like they didn't have like a doctor on hand at all. Um, and then, yeah, she was on her hands and knees when she gave birth. And then that maternity word um, was bought by Woody Allen. That's so oh. cool. Another is, that, is, that, is, that, is that reason number two? <laughs> That's reason number okay. two. <laughs> That's super appropriate. I know, right? Well, I, by the way, yes, you should be drinking the entire time you're giving birth. I totally. was wondering that the other day. Like, why aren't they just, I was watching like some show where a woman was having a baby. I'm like, that would be tight if she had a glass of wine right now. Yeah. It's not going to hit the baby at this point. No. And like, you're in so much pain. Why not? Yeah. I don't she know. She didn't have an epidural. She didn't have any drugs. That's She's good. got wine. That's good. Okay. Number two. Um, Number two is I shot myself. Let's see what it's. I shot myself in a fitting room at the mall um, when I was like 14 at limited two. And I told my sister was with me and I told her that I had my period and I needed like tissues right away from um, the like facial area where people put on makeup. So she got me like all the tissues they had and like the cotton balls and stuff. And I cleaned myself up, but I left all that shit. Of course. course, Like what was I going to. So anyway, so I left something. Did you you wait until no one was around so that way no one saw you walk out of that room? Um, Well, like what happened was I was trying on shorts, I think. And like I really like I was just like it wasn't like I shat in the um, or sharted or anything. (laughs) Semantics, semantics, continue. Um, No, I was trying on shorts or something. And then like I like put on my shorts and like it was just it all came out of me. And I've never had that experience since. But like I was like 13 and I was like, what happened? Like all this liquid shit came out of me. And so I put a sweater uh, around my waist and like. Did you have like a triple espresso? Like, was there anything that you can like look back now and say like this maybe led to me? Nothing. I was probably like drinking a lot of like frappuccinos at the time. Okay. Ah, uh, that's yeah. so, like I haven't yeah. drank frappuccinos in like ten years, but I feel like Honey. back then it might have been. The thank, like honestly, can I just look at you in the eye and say thank you for sharing that? Because You're no welcome. one's come on and kept it that real, and Aww. I just appreciate that. <laughs> I like welcome. saw a tampon, like a full blown tampon, in an old navy. Um, dressing room once and I was like everyone's gonna think this is mine and I've never said that out loud was it used no oh yeah it was like oh, full okay. like it was like someone was in there changing their bikini bottom someone was like this has been in me for months <laughs> they shot it out like a nerf dart and just kind of left it there have yeah. you ever forgotten you had a have you ever like had a tampon left in you for like too long? Um, no. I have I've been paranoid though. That's right. dangerous, yeah. isn't it? Dangerous? Like, you can get toxic shock. I've known girls that have had one in for like two weeks and they totally forgot or they like double stuffed by accident. Yes. And like double stuffed. So two weeks Never later found oil. out yeah. when like a rancid smell was omitting yeah. from their Yeah. Well there's that there's a supermodel who lost her leg. That's right. I heard about yeah. that. Wasn't that recently? Yeah. She, there was like, shock. yes. Chrissy Teigen? No. No. <laughs> it, wasn't it wasn't Chrissy. That's wishful thinking on your part Teigen? for some reason. No, I don't know. She's the only one who came it's to the mind. only supermodel right now. Um, oh, no. Poor um, Chrissy Teigen. Um, and what's number three? Um, number three is that I Vamp. fully believe in reincarnation. Good. What were you in your past life? I feel like, well, okay, can I say 
Okay. So my name is Bridie, mm-hmm. and it all comes from this book called The Search for Bridie Murphy. And The Search for Bridie Murphy is this, uh, like, the first life transgression experiment was with this, um, this like, kind of amateur um, – What's it? I keep want to say masseuse, but it's not a masseuse. Holistic healer? No, like a, what we're talking Body about, worker. like a therapist, like Semantic. a hypnotherapist. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Wow, I would have never gone there from massage, but yeah, I'm yeah. glad you found it. <laughs> massage or, or hypnotherapy. Um, and he was like at a party and he was like drunk and like was like, I'm going to do this. And so he recorded this woman, this like very genteel Southern woman, um, he recorded her uh, therapy session and he's like, he just like keeps trying to take her back in time, take her back in time. And she starts, he's like, he asks her like, I'm going to go back to a time before you were born. And then she starts calling herself Bridie Murphy and like talking in this Irish lilt, like a very like specific Irish lilt and then naming all these very specific places in Ireland. And like, she's born in the town of Cork and like her father was this, and this is what her bedroom looked like. And like, this is who lived down the street. So after that session, there was this big search for Bridie Murphy yeah. because they wanted to know if like this maid in the 1800s really existed. And they never found her, but they found like these specifics in the massage session <laughs> that um, <laughs> I just keep mistaking hypnotherapy and massage. That's okay. Um, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. It's <laughs> completely the same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways... Um, that's the end of that story. That's fucking tight. I had a friend who went to, um, who's that actress? Not Jane Fonda, but there's like an actress who's really into reincarnation. Um, I'm trying to think of Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean. Thank you. Uh, You got it. And my friend went to a weekend at Shirley McLean's house where she Mm. did past life regression or whatever. I I mean, like, I can't even, I can't even get it out because I'm so jealous. And um, she said that while she was on the table, she had a very strong memory of dying in a tsunami as a little Japanese boy. Wow. And like, I don't, know where I know for me personally I always wonder if like I would just be cobbling together what it is I know about history if I was to do that yeah yeah. thinking about being a little Japanese boy in a tsunami would never occur to me and I don't think it would occur to my friend either which is why it's like oh that's probably legit yeah how old was this uh Bridie Murphy character she was like 30 it's when she had this vision Mm -hmm. okay interesting yeah do you recommend the book uh, I do. There's a, I actually, there's a movie that's actually kind of terrible, but like the <laughs> movie's kind of entertaining from the fifties. And there's this book, um, many lives, many masters that I would definitely recommend about reincarnation. Okay. I'm definitely going to recommend read that. it to me. And it was like, I don't know. There's something very, um, it like makes it all make sense to me. Yeah. That's really good. It's really hard to find spiritual like ideas that are not, um, that are not that are like digestible, um, yeah. Because a lot of times you have to come in on a level of already understanding a lot, yeah. And yeah. So that's really cool. Okay, and I've always loved your name, by the way. Well, thanks. All right, so do you guys want to take our phone calls? Let's yeah. Do it. All right. Amazing. Hey, malls and fan. Um, I'm 28. I'm from Seattle. I'm single, and I recently returned to school after working in finance in order to find a more creative, fulfilling career. I deal with anxiety and depression, but my Saturn is in return, so I'm in a bit of a slump this year. So here's my very existential question. Is it weird that I never feel sexy? 
My style isn't really cohesive with what society deems sexy. I've always dressed pretty classic and mostly stick to my comfortable capsule wardrobe, mostly made up of blue and white striped dresses and tees. I'm not a huge fan of cleavage on the regular. I would say I have a pretty healthy self-esteem, but I worry that not feeling sexy is leaving out a whole other side of life I could be experiencing. Also, side note, I do dance and sing to a lot of Beyonce, so yeah, I've tried that route. But thanks in advance for any advice. I love a striped moment. I always wear striped shirts. So I understand what you mean as a woman who also loves stripes. Like they're not the sexiest, but they're classic. And in a way that is sexy. I think stripes are sexy. Yeah. They're like vintage and mod and cute. It could be super French, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing sexier than French people. Mm. <laughs> what do you think? Who, me? Yeah. The straight guy in the room? Ugh. <laughs> um... Sexiness is a construct. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't exist. I mean, you're comparing yourself to a societal idea of what sexiness is. So that's something that clearly is demanding attention. Yeah. If this is coming up, then it means that I would say shift your paradigm. It's not weird that you don't feel sexy. What could possibly be weird is that you have an idea of what sexy is supposed to be and you've decided that you don't fit it. Yeah. Also, the original definition of weird is magical. All right. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. No, it actually, (laughs) thank you for saying that. Weird is such a hard thing for people to get past. I don't know if you were labeled as a weird girl, but I was like, you know, as a girl who like didn't have a problem making jokes or being the class clown or anything else, like especially back home, it's like, you're you're fucking weird. Like, why are you like, you're weird. And as much as when you say finance to me, my brain immediately goes to Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I don't think that the average finance world situation is a particularly sexy, inspiring world. It's weird. It's weird, but not in a fun way. Uh, In a scary way. Yeah. And so I kind of, I think that, uh, I mean, I think it's 100% in your mindset, but I always feel like when I look at like a Maxim Blonde or like when I look at a girl at a party who just had a blowout and a full face of makeup and looks like super clean and polished. Mm. I look at her and I'm like, I could spend two days in hair and makeup and I wouldn't look like that. Right. So I don't, I mean, I, I kind of relate to what you're saying and not feeling sexy in a traditional sense, but I think being around someone that I'm attracted to makes me feel sexy. Right. Mm. I feel like it's like two just little like experiments in your like taste because she sounds like she knows exactly what she wears and she knows what's comfortable for her. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I feel like, but there has to be something that's like, if sexy is like what turns you on, like maybe like there's something that you're admiring in someone else that like you yeah. could try yourself. Like I got all those Kylie lip kits and I'm really feeling myself right now. <laughs> it was a fun little, it was fun though. Like I'm serious. Sometimes it's as easy as just like go getting a new product and trying it and right. like feeling yourself in the mirror. And yeah. I understand what you mean. Like I hate the idea that women are supposed to dance naked in front of their mirror to Beyonce and like feel like they have it all all of a sudden. Like in some ways dancing naked in front of your mirror to Beyonce is like the actual most depressing activity. So (laughs) I, I don't, I, I feel for you because this is a really hard question where I think we need please advise nation to call in and give tips because there's someone out there who's living this, who's cracked this code that I haven't yet. I feel like I follow a lot of like also plus size girls on Instagram who really feel themselves. And that is 
a great someone called in like two weeks ago and left a list of like sexy unconventionally attractive women and it was really really great and I went and looked up all the women after and I was like fuck yeah I'm following all these chicks Um, sometimes just seeing someone with self-esteem can really help yours yeah I think both of you I want to piggyback on what both of you have said which is essentially switch it up Mm -hmm. because it's like she she said she's 28 Mm -hmm. so she dresses in the way that is the way that she has been dressing Right. high school, probably. So why not just try something else? Yeah. Switch it up. And who is it that you want to be sexy for, yourself or others? Right. True. Like, I I haven't been doing it lately, but I was filling in my eyebrows with, like, color. Yeah. Like the, to like make them right darker. in between, right? Yeah, it was just right in between. Perfect. To give me a unibrow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty hot. Yeah. I, like, Frida Kahlo, like, sexy. You were just yeah. that confident Look, unibrow look. Frida Kahlo yeah. is yeah, yeah. super hot. <laughs> She was. You can't say that the unibrow is not hot when I you look at Frida Kahlo. I saw a oh. listicle of like hot women with unibrows. Like it was like a clickbait oh, yeah. thing. And like I was like, good for them. Like totally. good for all these kind of hot women with unibrows. So, yeah. But no. anyway, a strong brow was a strong happening. strong brow like makes me feel really great. You know? <laughs> like and that's it. And that makes me feel sexy. But I feel like the word sexy is very – you have to be appealing to yourself. It's not like – I don't know. A new haircut could be good. It's so subjective. Yeah. 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 Sometimes like, yeah, just a new haircut. Go to the mall. Don't, I mean, but I so feel like you shouldn't, if you're not comfortable showing your cleavage, you're never going to be. Right. Like you can't Mm. make, you can't force yourself to do something that like you're fundamentally not comfortable with because then that becomes the opposite of sexy. Like you just know the person in the room who's uncomfortable in their outfit. Mm. So um, maybe like experiment alone. I don't know. I kind of want you to like date chicks or something for a week. Like just give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. For Do one it. week. Just for one week. Seven days. Starting hardcore lesbian action. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, on a Wednesday. When this comes out on a Wednesday, great day to become a lesbian for a week. But um, no, I think that you should definitely just try dating someone new. Maybe force yourself to... I find that when I go out on bad dates, like, I'm like, I'm awesome. Mm, Like, those bad dates really taught me a thing, and it's that I'm awesome. And so maybe just go out on some weird Tinder dates, and then remember that they don't know who you are. So you can be anyone you fucking want. Yeah. Totally. It kind of does help you kind of figure out what you want, as opposed to what trying to be something else you think that other people might want, right? Absolutely. And also, it's just so dope when you're on Tinder to see, like, how many swipe, like hot guys swipe on you. You're like, I would never talk to him, but he's a legitimately hot person. And that's a nice feeling. Yeah. Try to get approved for Raya. Um, should I tell this 28-year-old in Seattle <laughs> she was changing careers? I mean, now that you're in the creative field, maybe you could get approved for Raya. Um, all right. <laughs> let's take our next call. Or Wait, are either of you on Raya? I'm not. Are you single? No. Okay. Saying, oh, yeah, you have a girlfriend. Fuck it. You guys are missing out on the worst app online. Moby's on there, though. He is? Mm -hmm. So it's Jonathan Lipnicki, Ryan Lotke, um, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Who's Ryan Lotke? um, The non-rapey swimmer winner. (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, Uh, or is Ryan Lotke rapey? I don't know. Michael Phelps is rapey to me. I it's just kind don't of incredible trust him. how many of them are rapey. That's- I know. He reminds me of Mark Zuckerberg, or maybe he just looks like him. Ryan Lockie? No, Phelps. Phelps, probably. And Ryan Lockie's more of yeah, a, Winkle, a Winklevoss. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. That is exactly who are the they Winklevoss are. twins on uh, Raya? Actually, yes. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. I either saw Winklevoss on Raya or Tinder, but I definitely saw one. And sometimes on Raya, the novelty is like, 
First of all, I'm I'm mainly on it to hand the app over to my friends. Who are you looking at? He's too big. He no. looks like Buff Jason Siegel. Yeah. That is someone's type, and that's like a lot of people's type, but not I mine. Can't do it. I would rather date like a pale, fat, indoor weirdo. I don't, like than that. Male beauty is like very like revolting to me. Thank you. I'm like, yes. Stop sculpting. <laughs> Thank like, you. Get. Jeez, fat. I'm sorry. I'm so beautiful next to you. Then I know it's really ups- we're both yeah. really upset. Um, I wore purple. <laughs> I tried. Tried to tone it down. Let's take our next call. Hey, Melissa Company. It's 5 a.m. I haven't gone to sleep yet. There are literally birds chirping outside my window. And I think one of the things that's been keeping me up tonight was, you know, just that my boyfriend is still in contact with his ex-girlfriend. I mean, it's usually the ex-girlfriend initiating the contact. I guess she has a pretty tumultuous life whenever something happens something really big emotionally she'll come to him she'll call him up they'll meet in person or whatever sometimes if she has panic attacks she'll contact him and if he's in the area he'll help her through it Um, because apparently when they were dating he was the only one who could help her through a panic attack and get her out of it i don't know but yeah, that's the kind of thing that they did while they were dating, so I guess it kind of makes sense that they still do it, but it just bothers the hell out of me. I mean, she broke up with him. She chose another guy over him. I hate that I have to share my boyfriend with someone who really, you know, hurt him, and and more so that he has to be burdened with her problems, that he has to, you know, deal with someone who really caused a lot of pain in his life when feasibly she could reach out to you know someone for close friends or she could reach out to her current boyfriend who is the person that she chose over my boyfriend i don't i don't know maybe just and i don't know i half the time i know i'm being irrational they're two adults in their 20s they could do what they want and you know my boyfriend keeps doing it so it's not like he hates doing it or maybe he just He's reluctant to do it and he just feels bad and, you know, he feels bad turning down someone in need. But I don't know. Do you think my feelings are justified? Do you think I should just get over it? And if so, how? I mean, I just feel like, you know, when you break up with someone, don't you forfeit the rights to use them as your emotional pillar? Um, Yeah. Tell me what you guys think. Thanks. All right, I need to know what you guys think before I get into this. I think it's a really complex thing. Like, and but I'm totally on her side in thinking that boundary, like, I think boundaries are really important. And I think you should set them like immediately when you're with someone. I definitely have been on the other end of this where in a relationship with um, my boyfriend and an ex boyfriend who. I, we had been together forever, but we had been also not together for a long time. There was It wasn't like an overlap or anything. Yeah. But he always just was, I was always his best friend. And it became an issue in that relationship because yeah. it was like, okay, he can't text me at 2 a.m. saying he's depressed. Right. And like waking us both up. And so there's definitely, you. first of all, she... If she hasn't, she needs to confront him and yeah. tell her because it shouldn't be putting such emotional stress on her. And it's just like a lot. I don't know. The yeah. boyfriend in this situation, I feel like he needs to respect her 
more. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you, Bridie. Um, it is a question of boundaries here. And it's awkward because we're talking about each other. Each other. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're talking it's about so what weird. happened between her and so I. It's weird. crazy. Kismet. Um, <laughs> it's uh, all three of you have boundary issues. Yeah. You know, the thing is that um, what is right and what is wrong is very nice to think about, but that's not what happens because people are stuck on whatever the fuck they're stuck on. So if you're in a situation where you're like, well, he's supposed to do, it doesn't matter because it's, he's, I would assume that this man is an empath. He's very empathetic and he has been the chief source of helping this other woman deal with whatever her deficiencies are or her holes are. Except the thing is, instead of being able to deal with her herself, she depends on someone else to do it for her. And this person has become your boyfriend. And so he has difficulty letting go of being that role. She has difficulty of letting go of being that role. So they're both wrapped up in some sort of cycle that they're both repeating probably from something that happened to both of them in childhood that they – connect to each other and they're both replaying whatever mommy and daddy issues they have out meanwhile you're on the side kind of replaying the exact same thing because you seem to not feel like you have the authority to ask for what you need and that's on you but the fact that you feel like crap about it of course you're justified in feeling like crap about it is there something to do that's an easy thing to do i don't know that you can be like do this and everything's going to feel fine because it's creating a bunch of anxiety in you. Clearly, you're staying up to five o'clock in the morning, talking super close to your phone. But like, yeah, that's what I have to say about it. Do you remember it. the like the last time something upset you so much that you were in bed till five in the morning? Like, I would have just drugged myself hours ago if I was her. Hmm. Um, first of all, I'm in love with your emotional intelligence, so thank you for being here, um, YouTube Bridey. <laughs> but I mean, I know. what Baron is doing articulate. is like on a really yeah, yeah, big yeah. level. Guys, um, calm down. I'm going to tell you what I know we're like fighting over him. It's so awkward. Um, I what happened before um, I have a a thought and it's that your boyfriend's not good in bed um, (laughs) and that he is a really, really nice person and like a good person. And her new boyfriend is good in bed and hotter than him. And so she has your ex on. She has your current boyfriend on the back burner and she's keeping that alive. And she is like in the in the process because she knows she went for that good dick and probably a hotter guy. <laughs> and in the process, like left this really amazing man behind. But I mean, the idea that he is the quote unquote only person that can calm her down from a panic attack is bullshit. Yeah. That is like a story that's being told where mm-hmm. she is the victim. Everyone has panic attacks. It's called Klonopin, honey. Like take one. Like you're fine. You don't need your ex. He like, is her Klonopin. Yeah, exactly. Which is really sick. And so I kind of think that you need to tell this boyfriend that you're done right now. I think you need to make him make a decision. And that decision is either going to be to continue to engage in this really unhealthy behavior or man up and tell his ex that he's in a new relationship. He can't be here for her like that. The fact that he's going back to a person that hurt him and like abused him in a way is a really, really dark thing and shows that he's not being a full human for you. And you deserve someone who's going to show up and be a full human. Like any part of you that is putting this on yourself or wondering if you're not giving him enough, um, like, honey, you don't need to diagnose someone else or worry about what their problem is. You need to worry about having a really good life for you. So I would dump him and go find someone new. And then if he manages to get his shit together and come back to you, 
then like God bless. But I don't want you losing sleep over that. That's going to make you ugly if you keep doing it. Like it's really important to sleep so your face doesn't wind up like old and tired and ugly prematurely. And um, it's just like a natural stress that's not good for you. I spent so much time in my 20s being so fucking upset about guys who like categorically didn't like me. Like I don't. I just want you to be. I want you to be happy, and I feel sad for you. And I think you're probably gonna feel worse before you feel better. But this guy's not it. Like he's not good enough for you if he's like spending his time with another person, which is not okay. It's inappropriate. It's like the guy you had. We had a girl call who her boyfriend. They had been together five years, and he was still sharing a dog with his ex girlfriend. And they would go to the park on like play dates, and he wouldn't invite her. And he had this like. It's basically like him going on mini dates through this connection with this dog. Like when he goes over there, that is intimate. Talking someone through a panic attack, that is intimate. Like he's having emotional sex with someone else at at her demand. So it's not cool. It's not cool for you. And your boyfriend should know that it's not cool for you. The fact that he doesn't say to you, hey, like I know this is an untraditional situation and it's because I have a lot of shit to work through. So don't take this personally or – um. It just is weird that he doesn't know it himself and he knows he probably knows he's getting away with something inappropriate and is afraid to vocalize it because then that will confirm to you that you are not, in fact, insane. Um, so just I just break up with him. Right. Because he doesn't want to be wrong. Of course not. No, because then that would imply so many other things. It would imply that his last relationship was a lie. Well, it that's imp- going to open up a can of. No, and of stuff he can't deal with. No, the truth is very, very brutal. Uh, so I'm yeah, not. He doesn't care about you. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> the truth doesn't care about you. The, the truth tr- is more powerful. I thought you were saying her boyfriend doesn't care about her, but oh, the no, truth. No, no. It's yeah. true. The truth doesn't care about you. Yeah. It's true. Damn. Fuck. Sorry, girl. Christina Loki, my biggest surprise of the summer. Not even kidding you. What? How much I freaking enjoy my Loot Crate box. I love it too. I know. I mean, this normally is not my thing, but like every single month it shows up, I'm so happy. I love every single little thing in it. I love the little RoboCop t-shirt I got last month. I know. I love mine too. The tees are really, really cute, you guys. Okay, so Loot Crate, for you guys who don't know, is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So make sure to head on over to lootcrate.com slash malls and enter code malls to save $3 off any new subscription. So here's a little sneak preview as to what's coming up. Join us as we celebrate the futuristic. We packed July's crate with items from some of pop culture's favorite prognostications of science in the future. Look towards tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, and Valiant Comics, including a model, a figure, and don't forget our monthly tea and pin. I love the monthly tea and pin. I know, I do too. They're pretty chic. Anyway, you guys, so lootcrate.com slash malls, enter code malls, $3 off. It's pretty tight. So I was wondering why are all the men douchebags? Like every guy I've ever met or dated, my dad and my brother. Like last New Year's Eve when I was at the bar with my brother, there was this fat girl dancing in tight clothing and everyone was pitying her kind of, which was awful. But then my brother waved to her and so thumbs to her and 
she was like flattered and then my brother took pictures of her and sent him to his friends and I, and my brother is known as a very nice guy so it's like basic man behavior like that's a good example of how douchebags men are also my dad says that fat women are like seals lifted standing up like standing up seals like standing seals and he's the only one laughing at it and it's awful then there was this one guy i used to date who was like dating a girl for two months behind my back and like he said to me we could do this one more time before i get serious with her and i was like are you kidding you've been seeing her two months now <laughs> behind my back like no thank you <laughs> he has also a very bad sense of humor and a stupid beard now so there's that Okay, so this is my friend from Finland who Snapchats me all day. And um, I think her name is Elaine and she's 22. And after like, you know, she basically sends me snaps like this all day. She's like very pretty. She's She cries a lot in front of like really beautiful scenery, which I was telling Bridie before. Like she has like, Finland looks really beautiful. Um, and this person is very emotionally raw with me for reasons I don't necessarily know. But I told her that if we're going to keep doing this on Snapchat, that she needs to call the podcast so I can share her with you. Uh, to recap what she just said, she wants to know why all men are douchebags. And then she gave three examples from her life. One was um, her brother and her went to a club last New Year's and there was an overweight girl in tight-fitting clothing dancing and all the men were making fun of her and her brother went over to her and threw thumbs which I guess means thumbs up and then took a picture of her and sent it to all of his friends then um her dad has a habit of saying that overweight women look like um standing up seals and finally she dated a guy for a while last year and two months of the relationship he was sleeping with his ex-girlfriend And when she found out, he said, like, I just want to sleep with her one more time and then we can go back to it just being us. And she's like, I don't want to be with you. Also, he's not funny and he has a stupid beard. So that's the story. Why do we I guess the question is, why are men douchebags in these ways? Yeah, I have the exact same questions. (laughs) I mean, I feel like maybe it's a Finnish thing. I feel like overweight women in the U.S. are kind of celebrated right now. Hmm. Um, Especially on New Year's Eve. I mean, European standards of beauty are insane. Mm -hmm. Especially as far as I know in the Scandinavian countries. But um, I don't know if it's that all men are douchebags as much as that your dad is a douchebag. Sounds like it, right? And he has given you that language to communicate with. (laughs) So the language that you were taught to deal with people emotionally was given to you by a person who was emotionally stunted. Unfortunately, this is your father. Thus, you only know how to communicate with people who are in the exact same place of emotional stuntification. So, perhaps you would you are Parents? you only know how to com- you only speak douchebag. Yeah, that's the only language you speak. And uh, but then also, that's a very powerful thought to say that all men are douchebags, because as a teacher of mine used to say, um, if you believe something like that, then you constantly get to feel this other really powerful feeling, which is that you're right. 
because you're always going to experience that. How did you let this one get away, Bridie? Yeah, Bridie. I mean, come on. I miss you. Because this is what I'm like all the time. It's freaking exhausting. Let's just watch a movie. I'm like, this movie's, you know, (laughs) like eggs are really psychologically, I just can't let it go. But can I say that I think Standing Up Seals is kind of like, just as a writer, like really kind of a beautiful imagery. It's good imagery. Standing Up Seals. It's just too bad that his imagery is is based on some sort of weird prejudice or hatred. Yeah. Some of the most beautiful poetry is it came from a place of hate that's gotta say totally and then and like some people have like weird shit that they carry around like i like fat people are stupid and then they can be very like articulate and beautiful like baron like about other (laughs) subjects but they have these weird shit like my mom is like really against like pit bulls she like thinks that like all pit bulls are gonna kill like another dog someday like you just like can't Right. Like my um, a friend of mine has a pit bull and has a newborn baby. And she's like, that is the most irresponsible thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so she, she'll never get over that. Where I think like some people will never stop thinking like standing up seals is like the funniest shit. You know, like, I don't know. Like, but it's still in America too. Like, makes co- me totally. think that. Uh, yeah. Totally. It's yeah. just on different levels. Like, I feel like we. Or, or we see more women celebrating their bodies no matter what shape it is or, right. you know. So, I don't know. It's also like asking, like, your racist grandparents for their opinions on the world. Like, it's right. very tainted. And, like, you, yeah, I don't think your dad is a good person to listen to in terms of what the world is actually like. And your brother is also a product of your father. Um I don't know. I'm kind of like intrigued to know more about this woman at the club at New Year's. Like, it sounds like she's awesome. Yeah. She's obviously she's living her freaking life. Yeah. Yeah. She was a magnet. And she's going to if she doesn't, she has someone that thinks she's the hottest thing in the world. You know, like it's just I don't know. Guys, for the most part, aren't bad. I don't think Um, she's 22. So like. I think when we're t- when you're 22, like you start to blanket things. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like I love I love dating guys who were assholes. Yeah, like, yeah. And there was much more complexity to those men that I was dating. And for some reason, I just attributed like, oh, it must be that they're all assholes or like all whatevers are terrible. Um, I used to be. I myself grew up Catholic and I moved away from religion completely in my 20s. And I was like, Christians are insane. Mm. And then I found Christianity again, like in my 30s in a more adapted way that's like not as strict, not under It's not about organized religion? Like, no. And it's like, and, and so I now feel embarrassed that I've ever even talked like that about Christians because I do know many Christians to be beautiful people. Yeah. So... Um, it's just a few bad ones that fuck right. everyone up. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. And there's a thing too, like when I was younger, I had a thing of like, oh, I like assholes because like you feel that much more special because they like you. You know, <laughs> like it's like they picked me. They think the world is full of shitheads, but they picked me. And I feel oh. like a lot of girls have that mentality yeah. for a time. It's like said- we're in this bad girls club. T- we're in this yeah. club together being like. Fuck the world. Yeah. But then you subject yourself to being treated in a way yeah. that you're kind of putting yourself up to this test. Yeah. Right. That like, how can I convince this person that I'm awesome? Yes. 
Oof. I'm glad rough. that she knew to say goodbye to this unfunny guy with the stupid beard, though. Yeah. Yes. He sounded like the most miserable person I've ever. Like, he smells. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can, you can tell smell that he him smells. Through. Yes, exactly. Like, He's got that finished beer in his beard. Yeah. Um, She's 22. She thinks all men are douchebags. Um, who are the two men you've been around for most of your life? Your brother and your dad. I think that your dad either had his heart broken by a fat woman and has not gotten over it Mm -hmm. or is attracted to bigger women and can't deal with it. So it turns into this rage. Yeah. That he's just like, if I'm just mean to people about it, you know, like, I don't know, like a congressman or a senator that fights against gay rights. And then later you find out that they're having sex with people of the same sex. Yeah. Like, if I'm mad about it louder than everyone, no one will know that this is what I'm actually into. That's totally right. This. Okay. This is just a different question, but I want to ask because you're smart and I have you here. Uh, I had an ex that I found out after we broke up spoke horribly about overweight women and like had made some really, really disgusting comments in front of a friend of mine about some women on the street. And like, he was sober. Like it wasn't like he was like fucked up and just sit talking shit. Like he said some like, ew, like I can't believe she's wearing that. And when she told me this after we broke up, I said to her, I was like, he would have never said that in front of me. Cause I would have gone rip shit. And like, what do you think that is that like, he managed to keep the secret bias for me and like not ever let me know. Um, but he did it in front of one of my friends. Well, uh, he wasn't dating your friend. Right. He was dating you. Right. So he was trying to impress you. Uh-huh. Um, he was trying to stay in the lines of what he believed possibly you wanted him to be. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of people that think that um, being in a relationship means being what the other person expects you to be. Mm. As opposed to learning how to be yourself mm-hmm. and deal with the fact that, guess what? Not everyone is like you. Yeah. And that some people are different. Yeah. Um, then also, like, it, it always is interesting to me because I was talking to a friend last night who's a comic in New York. And she has had some bad run-ins with some male comics and some some things that have happened where it's just like there is literally no need to publicly talk about how you dislike someone mm-hmm. or a group of people. Yeah. Unless you are married to the status quo. You are married to an idea of normalcy, and then when someone who actually exists threatens what you believe things are supposed to be like, it is met with scorn and contempt because you cannot deal with it being untrue. Yeah. If your truth is true, if you scratch it, it'll still be there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your fucking truth is not true. Damn. Did you watch Orange is the New Black yet? The new season? No, the fourth season? Yeah, no, there, I'll just say, spoiler, there's one scene where the oh, son of a- skinheads are in the yard and they're talking about, like, why they don't read the internet. And she's like, I can't, or she's saying, um, oh, I don't read. And the girl, the girl was like, you, you can read. And she's like, no, I can read. I just don't read because when you read, that's when people start putting other ideas in your head. And then you're forced to examine what if the world exists somewhere and it's just not like yours. And like... And and it was so I was so like happy that someone was having this conversation that they were skinheads, but it also made me really sad because I realized, oh yeah, that's so true. Like I have this quote unquote friend uh, through the internet who was M- Megan Phelps Roper, who was part of the Westboro Baptist Church, mm. and she left the Westboro Baptist Church when she was like twenty two because she got on the internet basically. I and, saw a resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and this girl's like so. I mean. 
It was so crazy because she said to me, she's like, I actually quoted you. I quoted your blog in a speech I did. And I was like, I cannot like that's too much for me. I'm not appropriate for you to quote. Uh, But it was it's really, really interesting to me to think like, oh, yeah, like someone is experiencing the same thing I experienced when I went to a Jesuit university and realized like, oh, Catholicism isn't all I thought it was going to be. Someone is experiencing that on a much more global level. Uh, at any given time. And it's crazy. Um, I unfortunately want to remind you that it actually is totally valid that she quoted your blog. It is. You know why? Why? Because you're a person who's trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. And you're self-actualizing. Thank you. And the only way for anyone else to self-actualize is to see that other people themselves have done it. You have to actually create an example for people to be like, oh, I can actually think different things than I think. Shit. Dude, Baron's like MVP. What is going on? I, guys, calm down. What is going on? All right, next call. I'm a horrible person. Crazy. (laughs) Okay, we have a letter and Bridie's going to read it. Oh, and Baron's going to chime in halfway. Sorry. Oh, my God. If I fucked that up. It's okay. Um, Hi. So I'm going to read it. Okay. Hi, Malls. I just found out that my now ex-boyfriend of three years was cheating our entire relationship. I feel like an asshole because although we had issues like any couple, I truly loved him in a way I've never experienced in past relationships. I feel like a Bachelor contestant saying this, but I feel simultaneously heartbroken and hollow, not to mention totally betrayed. I have so many questions for him, but I don't think the answers really matter, nor do I think those answers will make me feel any better. Zoinks. I guess I'd like to know what you would do if you were me. What would you do to take care of yourself and move on in the healthiest way possible? I've resorted to destructive, harmful coping mechanisms in the past, and I know I don't want to give him that power, but I'm honestly at a loss. I've never felt like the smartest or most beautiful girl in the world, and it's hard not to let those shitty thoughts spiral out of control. Love you and admire you so much. And would really appreciate your advice. And I believe the name is, it's Mir or Murray. It's Mare. Okay. M-E-R-E. Oh. Uh, I totally relate to that. Like going into destructive patterns in the past and wanting to not do that. It actually was only when I stopped doing that that I realized how destructive in the past I had been toward myself when I was upset. Um. I've never had this experience of like being cheated on long term that I know of. Uh, and I just say that because I'm sure I have been. Um, what do you what do you guys either do either of you have experience with this? Um, not necessarily, but um, I have ideas about this. <laughs> I. Uh, it doesn't. Here's the thing. This is historical revisionism. It, the feelings that you felt when you were with him actually are still legitimate and they're still valid. And what it seems like you're saying here is, oh, my God, I was an idiot this entire time. My instincts are wrong. I'm wrong. And then what you're doing is you're taking this experience and uh, stacking it on top of your personality. Like you're trying to justify why this happened by by deciding that something must be wrong with you which is what makes you turn to destructive coping mechanisms because there's this need to self-punish. If I was more like this or less like this, then this thing wouldn't have happened to me. Therefore, I must be X, Y, and Z. And a person who is X, Y, and Z should be you know, drunk every day or high every day or whatever it is that you're doing to cope. But I don't 
it's actually his behavior is not a comment on you. It actually has nothing to do with you. That's his. It's his stuff. And also, as weird as it sounds or as uncomfortable as it might be, it doesn't negate what it is that you shared with him. Because the love... That's the hardest part to process. The love that you felt is yours. And it's something that he is the catalyst. You know, he, he hit the switch that let that come out of you, but it isn't his. And what he does, what he did and what he does doesn't negate what you felt. The beauty of this is that you were able to feel what you felt. And that's what you should hold on to, that you're a person that is capable of feeling things that you didn't know. But don't go back into the cave and be like, ah, it's all bullshit. And uh, I must be wrong and I'm wrong. You're not. He's wrong. Yeah. There's a really good TED Talk on cheating that you should listen to. I forget what the lady's name is that did it, but she was like this French therapist and she basically, Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. She's talking about how like, it's not the greatest betrayal. It is total betrayal, but cheating doesn't necessarily, it's not the worst thing you could do to someone. Right. You know, there are hard to think about. Yeah. There's so many other ways to abuse someone that people do physically, verbally, whatever. And cheating is some sort of escape for that other person. You know, it's not it's it's not necessarily because they don't love you. It's not necessarily that your relationship is dying. It could be. But it could also just mean something else that they're not addressing. Yeah. And it's what I think like what Baron said and I'm going to echo is that it's not at all your issue. It really isn't because he would do it to whoever he was cheating with. The same thing. Uh, it's you know? uh, the name of the TED talk you're mentioning mm. is uh, Esther Peril Rethinking Infidelity, a talk for anyone who's ever loved, um, which is a really interesting subtitle. Um, that is so real. Um, I want to like bigger picture talk about like how much things are not you. I had a friend just get back from like a terrible trip to New York where this guy had bought her. He's a rich guy, like handsome, um, not from America, um, uh, very, very successful in business. And he bought her like $2,000 a seat tickets to Hamilton. And sure. so she flew out there. With Lin-Manuel? Mm-hmm. Hamilton, well, he's still in it? Mm-hmm. Damn. I know. Like, you can't, you can't even. And she uh, got backstage tickets. What? And, and it was like a whole thing. And for two days, he couldn't get her out of his house fast enough. Every time she, like, approached him for sex, like, he was not into it. He was dismissive of her. He got oddly drunk. The only picture he posted from Hamilton, and he got pictures with the entire cast. The only picture he posted was him and a 19-year-old choir girl. Like, and he wrote, like, a line from the play that was, like, basically, like, Alluding to him going to fuck her eventually someday. Oh like, there's some things like we haven't done yet. Just you wait. And it was like, oh my God. It was like very visceral. And I said to her last night, I said, without telling you what his deal was, he told you what his deal was all weekend. He is not available. And like, he chose a million ways to take that out on you that I said to her, I was like, I, it was only a 20, like 36 hour trip at the end of it. But when she had told me all of it, I was like, girl, were you there for a week? Like, what the hell happened in two days? Like, this is crazy. Um, And all I kept saying to her was just like, he is so broken. Like, everything you tell me leads to broken. Like, this guy impulsively spends money 
on like sporting events he's not even going to be in the country for so he can give the gifts to his friends and feel like a good person. And then he has this beautiful girl at his house that flew out there and got him backstage at Hamilton after he like, you know, set the ball up and got them tickets. And like she was just there to like have sex with him and see Hamilton and he couldn't do it. And it just it's I just think that Sometimes people are telling you everything about who they are through what they're not saying and what they're doing. And it sounds like this guy you were with was a really fucking broken person. And I went through a breakup that like debilitated me in my mid-20s. And Christina was there for me throughout the entire thing. And like basically the only way I got over that breakup was to write about it a lot. I published it to the internet, so I would not do that if I were you, but I published it to the internet. Now this guy and I have a really, actually Eric Moneypenny, we have a really good sense of humor about it now. He came on the podcast and talked about it um, after like three years of me dragging his face through the mud because he didn't want to date me anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think it's really important that you cry. It's really, really important that you surround yourself with good friends. I always suggest like binge watching TV and documentaries during a time like this because media will help you heal. Um, watch something like funny, watch something like poignant that's going to change you. Watch something that's going to show you like sides of the world that are so much bigger than you that your relationship starts to feel silly. Um, but I think that what Baron said is really true. It's like not... It's not uh it's not a testament to like what existed between you. I struggle with that a lot, wondering like, oh, was that whole relationship a lie? Like was everything just a lie? And um it's not. It's really like and also it doesn't mean that it was like an unsuccessful relationship because he was cheating on you the entire time either. Like there was something successful in the process of falling in love with this person and being in love with him for three years. There's some like beauty and success in that. So um, I just think you need to take care of yourself. What do you do during a breakup, girl? Mm, me? Yeah. Um, I feel like, well, I have, I've been in a relationship for three and a half years, mm-hmm. so it's been a while. Um, but when I am broken up with someone freshly, it's very sad and you're very upset and non-functioning. Yeah. Um, I think I just force myself to go out with people. I force myself to show up to things that I would normally not, especially when you're a couple, like, too. Like, I struggle with, like, oh, he's probably not going to want to do that. That makes me kind of not want to do it, even though, like, maybe there's a glimmer more of, like, me wanting to do it. Right. You know what I mean? There's so much more where you have to, like, work as a team, and I feel like once you break up, it's great, like, owning yourself again. It's a great feeling going out to things you wouldn't normally do as a couple, I don't know. And you start to really feel yourself again. There's that point after the breakup where you were like, oh, my God, everything was a little bit compromised because in a bad relationship, they just are. Things are a little bit compromised. Right. Um, And you're going to start. I want to. Oh, one more thing I want to recommend because you're a person who falls into bad habits is to pick up like a tactile hobby, like literally go to Michael's and get clay or like start knitting or doing something. But when I keep my hands busy and have like a finished product, I feel so much better. Um, people like ask me how I do this. My response to depression is to get my hands dirty. So I literally, instead of going to a bar or going and <laughs> buying like pills or Coke or something, I fucking garden. I like go plant tomatoes in my yard. And like it's such 
after my dog got attacked, like the first thing I did was I got in my car and I replanted my herb wall because I was like, well, this will make me feel good. Like I just faced potential death. I was covered in blood in an emergency room for six hours. I guess my the response to this would be something productive that resembles life and is uh, healthy. And, um, you know, you start to realize also at a certain point, it's not fun to be drunk and high or uh, or sad and drunk or high. Like, that's a really brutal combination. So the more you can stay away from stuff like that when you're really sad, it's good. Because... Um, there's also something really addictive about annoying you are annoying, ignoring your sadness and replacing it with a stimulant. That's um, exactly what addiction is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just be careful because you're susceptible right now. And, um, and you know that about yourself. So this is like this could be a make or break point for you to um this could go either way for you. So it's, I'm glad that you're taking responsibility and ownership of it and, and, and reaching out to someone. That's exactly what you should be doing. Maybe Christina Lopez should drive out to you and listen to This American Life with you in the car while you cry because that's what she did for me. Like she would sit in silence and drive me to Carvel in Santa Monica while I sobbed and we listened to This American Life. Like how sad is that? How are you my friend still? Like, I mean, that is so dark. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. I mean, I've thanked you for this before and on this podcast, but like, thank you like for being there. She's off mic right now, but she's like nodding like you're welcome. So anyway. This is when you put the TLC song right under, <laughs> right underneath. What about your friends? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Next song. Or next next call. <laughs> Hello, babes. This is Advice. It's me, Tina the Diva. And I have one of those fun phone calls I'm sure affects a lot of people in the world. I was wondering, is it bad or wrong that I don't want to go to my 10-year high school reunion? Should I feel bad about that? Because I don't feel like it's necessary in life these days with the internet. We can all see each other on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter. I'm like, I don't need to know what's happening because I know what's happening. And I don't want to see people I don't want to see who are just so rude or more accomplished than me or whatever, you know. I just, is that weird or wrong? Hmm. Let me know, guys. Bye. Short answer, no. What are you guys saying? Like, no, don't go. It's not It's not wrong or bad yeah, to it's not, not want to go. Yeah, it's not wrong to not give a fuck about that. Yeah. No. I mean, easy, easy have answer. Have you ever done? Have you ever done a high school reunion or anything like that? Um, I, I don't think I could, I could make mine. Um, yeah. So I, I've, I've been. I mean, I go back to my hometown a lot. And sometimes there's parties that someone I went to high school throws, and then and suddenly it's like a reunion. Yeah. So I've gone to enough of those that my actual high school reunion. I'm like, I don't necessarily need to go to this. No. Yeah. It's. T- uh, what uh, What do you think? Before I get in, I went to. It wasn't a reunion, um, but it was a like. It was sort of a reunion. It was honoring uh, an English teacher who I loved. I loved her. She was like my therapist and she was like playwriting teacher, theater director, cinema studies, like did all this stuff. Anyways, she she was brilliant and I was really close to her. Anyways, it was really disappointing. Oh, no way. (laughs) Like I just thought like we were going to hug for like 20 minutes, you know, and like cry and like be still. But like, no, she 
acted very i don't know she She's acted cunty. No. she was cunty like no! she was she was like <laughs> she was like really cunty to me and i was like what happened like she wasn't cunty but she was very like she was like oh yeah i heard about like your movie but like like stuff like it just had this weird iciness where it was like there was secret jealousies. I or was we just were like, gonna say, or we were like in love with each other. Like she was like in love with me in high school or something. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. and I was like, well, maybe like we were in love with each other, and you're mad at me or some. I, I just like mm. there was all this weird tension, and I felt so horrible afterwards. You had emotional blue balls, and this girl that was really obnoxious in high school, bless her heart, like. But she's now like the head of like history there, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah, that sucks. I don't know. Really it just made suck. my high she school does sound feel like, like she resents you. Yeah, which that's is definitely so yeah. Weird. that's definitely what's yeah. happening. I, she set you up for success, though. Like I this know. is such a demented woman. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. But it makes a lot of sense, though. Like you left, right? And you moved on and became something else, and she's still there. Yeah. So for so long that everyone is coming back to see that she's still there. Right. But teachers are supposed to want that. Like in our minds, aren't teachers supposed to want to let us go into the world and then see us in visit their class? And, yeah. I mean, in, in our, our minds. minds yeah. But really like she's still there for some reason, you know, something's keeping her there. And then like, and then it was like, oh, it's not healthy. If you're, me- if you're being mean to me, then there's something wrong with you being here. You know what I mean? Right. And she wasn't like mean. It was just like this cold, very like unfulfilling experience and like there was just like this kind of like moment too where she was like you leaving like and I was like again yeah soon like I'm gonna head out and she was like I wish we got to talk more and I was like well you know I tried here we are not talking yeah (laughs) like I tried with you and like you blew me off and she's very close to this other girl in my grade and I resent because they have had this friendship forever um Mm, that's that's complex stuff I'm when you're not on the show, you're going to have to call in about this. I'm intrigued by this, Bridie. Yeah. I, do you ever deal with people who act resentful about your success, either one of you? And like, you just think when you're looking at them, like, why are you talking to me like it would have been you? Like, it right, wouldn't right. have been you. It's not like, oh, if Molly didn't have this or that, then it would have been yeah, me. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been you. So why are you resentful for me to, of me for this? Like, it's just weird. It's right. such a weird thing. It brings up complex stuff for people. You it know? does. If yeah. they feel like they didn't have a fair shake or, you know, that that exact sort of thing. There's only a certain amount of space for people and you took a spot and now I can't get to that place. Yeah. It brings up all sorts of stuff. It actually has nothing to do with that. Right. There's room for everybody to do whatever the hell they want to do. I completely agree. And I'm disgusted by people who think differently, to be honest. It bums me out in such a weird way when people are territorial and unhelpful and unkind. Like that is despicable to me. And it's so, like, it's just such a bad quality to have. Yeah. And, like, also, when people act jealous about you living in L.A. or, like, working or anything like that, isn't it, like, jokes on you? Like, my life is so fucking intense. And, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Like, trying, like, working in a rejection-based, like, profession. <laughs> like, it's yeah. rejection-based. Like, I said this to Christina yesterday. We tried for something and it didn't work out and I never let myself want anything and I caught myself wanting it and was so shocked that I was disappointed and I was right. like why are, why are you forgetting that you've worked in a rejection based profession for 10 years and that this is just an- it's like another day of the same thing happening yeah, it's yeah. just this one means something it's weird 
Um, but I don't have high school reunions. My class president also moved out here and it's like supposed to be your class president who plans your <laughs> high school reunions. But I think she does like porn or something mm. like I think she does like sexy modeling. I wouldn't want to call it porn, but it's something like that. So we never erotic modeling. Yes. We never we never have reunions. I guess like everyone gets together at a bar every like six years. Where'd you grow up again? Lexington, Massachusetts. Oh, Lexington. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know anyone from Lex? Yeah, I do. Who? Um, well, I can't not Say. off the top of my head. I mean, I went to school in Boston. I went to Boston U. Oh, okay. I went to Boston College. Oh, so yeah. I, I went Rivals. to Providence College. You no, did? gross. Freaking Rhode Island. Did you like going to school in Rhode Island? I love Providence. Yeah. <laughs> I love Providence. <laughs> I love that answer. Do you I like really going to school do. in Rhode Island? I love Providence. Yeah. I, I love Rhode Island. It's and beautiful. I love Boston. Okay. Like, I would go to Boston College for I, 30s. You would have been great at Boston College. Um, but. Anyways. Yo, uh, I almost went to my ten or my ten year college reunion over Memorial Day weekend, but my dog got attacked, so I couldn't go. And I kept thinking, like, did Wags save me from like a socially like did he take the hit? Like, would mm. I have been at the worst reunion of my life? Like dying, I would have been sleeping in Vanderslice dormitory with like probably my cousin and my roommate from freshman year orientation, mm. who I'm still friends with, oddly enough. Like, I don't even remember having friends in college. I think I did. What did you major in? Film studies. But I was like all about my sketch comedy group. I, there was a couple. Actually, my sketch guys were there. That would have been fun. But it really, I, I have really bit bad social anxiety. And I think that something like a college reunion or a high school reunion is something that sounds really nice in theory. But unless your personality is built for it, or you still have a lot of connections with those people. Sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, yeah. don't go. It's I like going on vacation and not knowing anybody. I don't like going into a room of people that knew me during the most awkward years of my life. Like, because uh, you don't know them anymore, except they know you from a really uncomfortable point in your life. No, Tina, don't go. Or they've been watching what you've been doing. Yeah, they already know. Yeah. And they're like, so. Yeah. And it's like weird and... I don't know. There's this girl I will never forget. Like sh this girl, um, I'm not going to say her name. Anyway, uh, she was like, she's a lawyer. And I was like, yeah, I did this. Like I went to South by and she's like, oh, I went to South by. And I was like, you're a fucking lawyer. Like I could never be a lawyer. Right. Like, do you not understand that? Yeah. Thank so you. So there shouldn't be any jealous. Sh you shouldn't feel less successful than whoever because they're probably less successful than you in a different way. In another way, yeah. yeah. My Absolutely. friend who's the nicest to me about my whole like career and everything, my friend from college and my, my fucking pathetic career, the one who's the nicest to me, she goes to China and replaces baby's eyes, like blinds baby's eyes. And she and I'm like, okay, like you're the only one I need to be nice to me because you're the only <laughs> one that does anything that really blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But you're so right. Like my friends who have like who had houses at 25, like I could have never done that. Like right, I'm, right. I have this house by the skin of my fucking teeth. Like it's crazy. I uh, don't envy anyone. All right. I think that's it, right? We're done. This is episode 98 of Please Advise. You guys, our guests were Bridie Elliott and Baron Vaughn. Guys, where can people find you? Grace and Frankie for you, right, Baron? Yeah, Grace and Frankie, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 at some point. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to make a documentary where I'm going to track down and meet my biological father for the first time ever. 
That's amazing. Do you have any leads on that? Um, outside of stuff that my mom has told me? No. Yeah. Wow. But that's part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, that is. That's going to be work. an amazing experience. If you need any help, let me know because I love documentaries. I love helping. All right. <laughs> I'm not one of those selfish people we Two of those things earlier. put together. Yeah. Uh, Brady, what about that's you? Awesome. Um, I have a short film that's sort of touring around right now with the Sundance shorts. It's called Affections, and it's the first one in the block, so you don't have to stay and watch the rest. And um, that's going to be at Next Fest um, next month. Uh, also, the movie Battle of the Sexes, it will come out sometime with Emma Stone as Billie Jean King. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fellow tennis player of Billie Jean's. That's you awesome. You totally would be a tennis player. I so see that oh, for you. Yeah, What's like their character's it. name? My character, mm-hmm. Bill, uh, Julie Heldman. Did you have to, <laughs> like, like Billie Jean? <laughs> did you have to play a lot of tennis? Um, no, no, not at all. Because they hired real tennis players, and then they kind of hired actresses to like bulk out dialogue. But like, they hired really kick-ass ladies who are monsters at tennis. That's it was really fun. Where did you guys film that? To stroll around LA. Who directed it? Uh, Dayton and Ferris, John Dayton and. Valerie Ferris. Yeah, nice. Are you like a big movie star now? <laughs> yes. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Definitely don't go to your high school reunion. Honey, you're going to be mobbed at your high school I reunion. Know. Oh my Ugh. God. I hate your English teacher, by the way. <laughs> I know. So upset about her. You guys, thank you so much for being here. You can find us online across social at just look for Please Advise, PLZ Advise. We, there's an underscore on the Twitter, but you can Google it. Uh, I'm Malls on the internet. Also, Malls Official on Snapchat, my favorite medium. And um, guys can find us every single week here. Christina's Hey K Lopez on Snappy. Christina Lopez on the internet. She works for Dinner Party Download. I love her. And she helped me through a really painful time in my life. Many, actually. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.